Hi everyone, welcome back to the Ball Girls. So today we're joined by Tori Majors, who is the former on-campus recruiting and operations director for The Ohio State University. So thank you so much, Tori, for joining us. Yeah, absolutely, thanks for having me. So my first question is, when you were at Ohio State, how did you get into the role you worked in? Because I know you did both your undergrad and your master's there, if I'm correct. Yeah, absolutely. I did. I'm a, I think they've coined me as a Buckeye for life when you work there for so long and then get double degrees. I guess I'm, that's what I am now. Um, but yeah, I actually just, my last day was last week, last Sunday, and it was, it was very emotional, which we can, we can talk about later. But I've been there for so long. I got my undergrad degree there and started working in the football office. Uh, my, my freshman year, actually, they needed someone to answer the phones early in the morning from eight to noon. And I was like, yes, a, a thousand times I will do that, of course. So um, that's what I did two days a week. I just answered the phones at the football office from eight to 12. And they, everybody normally, when you're a freshman, you, you move out of dorms, obviously, and go home for the summer. But they asked if I would stay and help run summer camps and help check in campers and all this stuff. And I, I'm from Toledo, Ohio, so I, I mean, no offense to Toledo, I would rather stay in Columbus. And I was like, yes, I have a job, great. I'll, I would love to stay. So stayed, um, I stayed and worked camps and worked the next three years there and just kind of took on more stuff anywhere I could. I did a lot of stuff that people like didn't want to do, like reimbursements, like people found that really boring. I was like, sure, I'll do it. I don't care, you know, um, anything to take on more responsibility. So that's kind of how I worked my way in there and then I graduated and they hired me on as a full-time intern right after graduation and so I was that for about eight months or so and that really just involved doing a lot of operational stuff like I was doing when I was a student and then I moved to Houston and uh, the running joke in the office was that I, I stayed there for 363 days um, I wasn't there a full year I was begging to come home I missed the Buckeyes I was at the University of Houston I'm really glad I went. It was it was a good learning experience. Um, but I, I called Brian Boltzini, who's our director of football operations, and was like, we got to, can you make me a position? Like, he's like, what do you want? I'm like, let's just, you know, Ohio State didn't really have a recruiting position at that time. Um, as far as on campus, they had the, the personnel guys, so the guys at Cut Film and um, Mark Pantone, my boss, he, he was kind of running both. He was by himself with... He was doing all the on-campus stuff and he was doing um, the personnel side. And so they kind of created this uh, director of on-campus recruiting role and I moved home and Ohio State was a little bit late to having that role, which is surprising because they're amazing at everything. But um, so when I got in that role, I just kind of, I just kind of made it whatever I felt like it needed to be. There wasn't like, I didn't have any real, I had some guidance, but you know, like there's things I had to do, but I kind of turned it into how, how I saw it should be. Um, so Mark, I was really lucky. Mark really let me run away with the role and make our events as fun and, you know, geared towards 17 to 18 year old males as I could. And, you know, following them on Twitter and Instagram and trying to see like what appeals to them and how we can make, uh, it a really great experience when they're on campus. So that was my favorite part of the job is, you know, trying to tailor everything to them. So that's what I have been doing for the last three, three years. 
That's awesome. I love that. So that was a really long answer. Sorry. No, it's no, great. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so what motivated you to want to work in front office in sports? Um, well, I kind of stumbled into it a little bit. Um, at Ohio State and in Columbus, there's nothing but Ohio State football. That's that's our identity. That is who we are. <laughs> we are one with the football. So um I was really lucky to just stumble into it. And then the people there were incredible. Um Amy, her name is Amy Nickel now. She was Amy Halpin when I first started. She was this really like strong, badass woman that worked in football and was respected by all these football coaches and by everyone. And I was like, I want to be just like you. You're so, you're awesome. And you're so respected. And so she, you know, really gave me the opportunity to be under her wing. She worked back in Coach Meyer's office. She was his assistant and she came with him from Florida. And so she just kind of taught me the ropes and I was obsessed with it. And I just loved that women had a spot in sports too. Cause honestly, I, I hadn't seen a lot of like really strong, awesome examples of it. And I'm definitely, they're out there. I just don't even know if I was looking for them. And uh, when I saw her, I was like, you're, you're the best. So Amy and I are like really close friends. And um, so she, I was really lucky to have her and have that like strong woman in sport influence. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's very cool, but now she has kids. So she's too cool for me. She has to take care of her kids now. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't be me. Um, Like you said, there might've been women in other roles. And I know that you probably dealt typically just within the school, but did you ever meet other women in on-campus recruiting roles while you were in your position or anything like that? Um, I got the opportunity to go to the player personnel symposium last summer which was awesome. So Mark, again, I mean, I'll probably say Mark's name a thousand times over because he's the best. He, he and another guy that I'm totally blanking on his name right now kind of started this symposium where um, recruiting, college recruiting individuals could network. And I think it's brilliant and probably should have been started a long time ago, but thank goodness they did. So I, I got to actually meet some of the other directors of on-campus recruiting at that event. And then, you know, all of us kind of follow each other on Instagram and Twitter and stuff just to like see what's going on and hype each other up when, you know, because it's a tough industry for sure. Um, so at that event, I did and I'm really lucky to uh, have met a, a bunch of women there. I spoke on a panel on, on campus recruiting with four other women that were incredible. The, the one woman from LSU, I mean, she's been doing this for like 15 years so um to even be on the same panel of her was humbling obviously but um there's a lot of really strong women that again I didn't even know to look for and before being in this role that are um really paving the way for other women too in sports so that was my one experience I have um and then I worked at Houston obviously and one of my best friends still her name's Grace Muscarello and she's still at the University of Houston and she really brought me into liking recruiting I hadn't hadn't really ever considered it as a career path but when uh, we were at the University of Houston it's a smaller staff it was more all hands on deck so um, even though I wasn't in recruiting I I would you know you do whatever if your team needs help you know so um, I worked a lot with Grace where where she needed me you know big Sam's Club runs together to have snacks for everybody just stuff like that Um, small tasks and kind of like fell in love with the whole event planning thing and you really get to be um 
I'm kind of a control freak. Um, <laughs> uh, you really get to be in charge and there's like so much room to grow in recruiting because it's such an expanding field. And I saw how much creativity she got to have and like everybody like looked to her for direction and I was like, she's awesome. You're, you're a badass, Grace. Like, wow. So um, she really kind of taught me about recruiting while I was at Houston. I wasn't looking to learn about recruiting. I was still in operations, obviously. And so when I was calling Brian um, back at Ohio State, I kind of pitched the idea of like, we're not really running away with recruiting right now. And Grace kind of has taught me how to do it. Sorry, my desk is shaking. Um, she kind of taught me how to do it. And so she, she isn't in recruiting anymore. She's in operations. So we kind of like flip-flop places there at different schools. But I still lean on her a lot for ideas, football support. Um, you know, it's not easy being probably only like two to three full-time women in any uh like working for any college football team at a time directly in the building so it's nice to have that sounding board that kind of understands so grace is grace is another good one i love that there's nothing better than women empowering other women in sports 100 percent. it can go one of two ways too i mean i've seen the other side too where um, there's so few of you that you either empower or there's this need to compete. And I've kind of seen both ends yeah. and um, been really lucky to not have to deal with the other side very much. Um, but the, the empowering of other women is something I'm pretty passionate about. We have a cool program at Ohio State called Women Empowering Women and it's, it's athletic department wide. And that's the whole point of it is to go and just see other women from across the athletic department and um, kind of share the struggles and, you know, empower each other and learn different things while getting better together, um, which was something I was really passionate about while I was there. Um, we did all kinds of stuff, like anything from wellness to uh, career advancement, just all those kind of topics. So it definitely can go one of two ways. But. Well, I'm glad you had a good experience with it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> So being a student and an employee, do you believe that athletics play a strong role in the culture, in school culture in the United States? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, especially with the Twitter era too. I mean, Twitter was popular. It was becoming popular when I was an undergrad, but now, I mean, everyone can be heard no matter what. Uh, so the Ohio State especially, I mean, comes alive for football and the football team feeds off that too. It's like this it's a, it's a cycle. At the University of Houston, it was a little different. That was a commuter school more so, like less students living on campus. And you could feel that. I mean, you could feel that on game days too. And then, um, but Ohio State, obviously, it's, it's electric and they, the two things feed off of each other. You know, the students feed off the team and the team feeds off the students. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how online classes, you know, just how all this stuff will change a little bit. Um, but I, I mean, Twitter right now, if you were to log on and look at Ohio State, I mean, we are, we are upset. Oh, <laughs> and the students are right there with us, you know, they're, they're out there rallying with the parents and stuff. So yeah, I think they go very hand in hand across the country, but especially at a place like Ohio State, I'm sure I have a very biased and amplified view of how much that would be. Yeah, no, exactly. Like Haley's been to yeah. the games there, right? Oh, yeah. Last last year, my sister and I saw the Penn State game, and then the year before, we saw, like, Tulane, which was a blowout. But, um, <laughs> no, even, like, it's funny because you see those tweets being, like, 
you know, Ohio State, like, fans, like, liking football is not a personality trait, but, like, it is for me, and especially <laughs> because, like, here we're so close to um, Ishigan, you know, that, yeah, that place. So, like, everyone, yeah, everyone here cheers for them, and I'm, like, my dad is from Columbus, that's why I'm an Ohio State fan, and I'm, like, it literally is who I am as a person, like, First off, when Urban said, like, he was leaving, I'll never forget, December 4th, 2018, like, literally the worst day of my life, and then this, when I found out that this season was canceled, I was like, what do I have to live for now? Okay, nothing. I know. I, I like to think that they couldn't do football without me, is kind of what I'm telling myself. (laughs) That's, like, helps me get to sleep, and I'm, like, I was really looking forward to being an Ohio State football fan this year, like, not chasing 45 recruits around the stadium, and, like, sitting down and watching the game. Everybody would text me, and this is a pet peeve for, I'm sure you guys too, whenever like, I've seen memes all over when girls like, they're, they're like, oh, you're a girl, you like sports, well, name what happened at this time, like quiz you and all this sports stuff. I'm like, first of yeah. all, I'm, you are so unoriginal. Have yeah. you ever been on Instagram? Because all we do is make fun of you about that. But anyway, <laughs> I'm excited that like, I will really know what goes on at the game because normally I'm running around like a crazy person. Um, so people be like, oh, did you see Chris Olave's catch? I'm like, yeah, the replay. I, yeah. I, I have 15 recruits upstairs. No, I didn't. I did not see a live. Sorry to disappoint everybody, but, but yeah, I feel like a few things got stolen from me, like the season and also being a fan that it, it sucks, really. Rude, truly. Yeah. And not to mention, like, my heart for the players. I mean, they're taking so much from them and then the people getting furloughed and it's just it stresses me out to think about all the people hurting from this, but. Yeah, no, truly. It's, it's a very sad situation, but I guess kind of on a happier note, not really, but so obviously they announced that um, players now can kind of profit off their name and likeness and stuff like that. And obviously you worked with student athletes. Do you see that really benefiting them and like kind of, you know, giving them more of a reason to play or even stay at schools versus, you know, a lot of people leave after their three years, or even if they get hurt, they'll sit out their final year and go to the draft. Yeah, this was a, a really hot topic for us all the time. Um, they obviously had to push the, the voting on it back because of the pandemic and everything. But I think that it definitely will happen. I don't know what it will look like. Nobody really does. If anybody says they do, they're, they're not being honest. Because it's, it's really a fluid topic still so much uh, with the NCAA and how exactly will it work? Will the schools play a role in it? How do you monitor it? You know, all those different types of questions. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. I can't wait to follow it. Um, uh, From on the other end, when I was working there all of a week ago, you know, the (laughs) conversations we're having is, you know, like in recruiting, like this is going to be a huge thing. If you, you know, this is something that kids and athletes and their parents are going to take into consideration when picking a school because, you know, where can they grow their audience the most? where they can make the most money while becoming the, you know, NFL ready and all this different thing. It's just going to be another thing that's weighted on really heavily in recruiting. And so we were preparing for it on that side um, as best as we could without knowing everything, Um, just how we can best equip our players to build their brand. And besides brand there, we call it the platform program, you know, we, we want them to use their voice. And I think a lot of our student athletes are now, especially. It's awesome to see. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know how it all turned out. Nobody does. And I'm really interested to see how it will work and how it plays a part in things like recruiting and, you know, between the schools and agencies. Like, 
our college kids can have agents. I don't, I have no idea. That would be interesting. It would be a whole new world. Um, but I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. It's kind of a like touch, not a touchy subject, but I always think about this in my head too, because it's like, you know, you've got Justin Fields at Ohio state and then you've got Jordan Chikelli at Kansas city community college. Like they're not going to make the same money if you're going to pay. So like, you know, how's that fair across the board and things like that. Like there's so much to take in when you're talking about that. Right. And then, you know, can, can you promote two student athletes at once? How does, but like, if you put a, will they even want to do that? You know, all kinds of stuff like that. And do you, do you put women's sports on the same promotions, uh, you know, with the football team. So that way they're both bringing in revenue. It's, it's a very complicated puzzle. I'm actually kind of thankful. I have nothing to do with that part of them. <laughs> you guys figure it out. You let me know. We'll probably all critique it. And, you know, go in on you most likely, but uh, no, I don't, I'm not jealous of that conundrum. There's so many parts to that. Yeah, for sure. So my final question, um, working with recruits and student athletes, what is the most rewarding, rewarding, <laughs> rewarding part of your job, would you say? Yeah. Hmm. I have a lot of, I have a lot of rewarding ones. So let me think. I, there, there's nothing like like when you you find like a match like like a really good fit so you know you recruit hundreds of kids and they're all amazing at football obviously but it's really finding that culture fit for for your team and um, your specific position coaches and stuff like that so I think one of the most rewarding parts is when you know you have kids and their parents on campus and a coach um, comes up to you and asks for your feedback about the kid. Like, I, I have no idea how to, um, do X's and L's. Like, I, I have no idea. I, don't, I also don't really care. Um, <laughs> I don't evaluate football. I like evaluate people. And so I think it's really rewarding when, you know, like a, a coach Alfred or a coach day, you know, like, Hey, how did you think that went? What, what do you think about them as a fit here? What did, how did their family treat you? How, how was everything, you know? It's really gratifying to know that your position holds value and that, you know, we're not just recruiting the football player, we're recruiting the human being. And that's kind of the side that I really love, really getting to know them and them getting to know us. Like, it goes both ways. Like, are you here? Do you want to fit here? And so I really like that kind of like people part. And that's where I found a lot of my value is when, you know, I would give that evaluation of, you know, it seems like, he would be a great fit here. He has like a leader and you, you find these weird things. Like you take a, you take recruits to like Dave and Buster's or something like as, as a fun thing to do to hang out. And um, you just like are trying to see these personality traits. And I wouldn't say I'm like sitting there like with my notepad, like didn't shoot the ball well, not a leader, like, not like that, but you just get like a vibe and a persona for people. And so being able to speak towards that because I spend the most, probably the most time with them when they're on campus. And, uh, and being able to report that back to the coaches, I found a lot of value in that. And then when they commit or sign, then you're just like over the roof, you're like related and high five and everybody up because you know that you've like, one, helped make a kid's dream come true. I didn't play football for them. They deserve all the credit. I'm not saying that, but like, you know, you were a small piece of helping them find this path. And that is, that is really gratifying in knowing that, it wasn't a huge piece, but, you know, a small piece of helping them figure, figure it out 
where their next step was. And, you know, sometimes it even goes the other way. Um, I keep in touch with a lot of recruits and their parents didn't choose Ohio State because, and, and that's okay. Not everybody has to come to, we don't have enough spots and, you know, and sometimes people don't want to come this too far or whatever. Um, but those relationships are very genuine. I, that's just kind of who I am. Like, you're probably going to, I'm going to overshare with you. I'm going to tell you way too much about me. You know, like we're, we're bound at the hip now, you know, because that's just kind of who I am for better or worse. <laughs> so I really like the, those ongoing relationships too. Like I, I have kids that went to Stanford and Florida and Georgia uh, and I still keep in touch with them and their parents because they were just awesome. They're just cool people. So those relationships, I would say, even if they don't come to Ohio State, which is totally fine. Uh, <laughs> that, that's another gratifying part is just having friendship really. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's everything we have for you, but we always open the floor to questions. If you have anything for us, please feel free. I, I guess I'm curious what, what your goals are within sports, like where this podcast is awesome. I'm excited to listen to it and all the other speakers and stuff, but what, what's, what's the preliminary, what you want to be when you grow up and stuff? You go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, like, like I said, like three questions also, sorry. So you can just pick which route you want to go. It's all good. It's funny. I kind of like accidentally stumbled into journalism. Like I w did my undergrad in science and then I kind of like started writing in a class. I started writing about college football because like I said, that's my literal personality. Like it's funny because like in Canada, like most people, not their personality, but like hockey is what you love here. But like my, my dad is from Ohio. We grew up watching Ohio State football. Like that's what it is. So that's what I grew up on. I stumbled into writing. I was like, I kind of like this. I could do this as a career. And then, so I think like sideline reporting would be what I would like love doing, like talking to coaches and like the good and the bad. Like I would absolutely love to ask Jim Harbaugh what it's like to lose to your rival two years in a row by like 110 combined points. Like I would love that. Absolutely. I would love that for you all. <laughs> so yeah, that's my goal. Jordan's is a bit different. Um, I like, this is weird. Cause like, I don't like being in front of a camera. I like doing the background stuff. Yeah. I'm just here for the ride, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I want to go into like social media, producing, anything to do with like creating content. That's where I am. So yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. There's such a market for that right now too. Everything's moving digital, especially with the pandemic and everything. So I think you both, yeah, I mean, neither of those things are going away and they just might look different, like what you're doing now. You know what I mean? Like I find reporting, like when you're watching the NBA and they have the like the <laughs> polls now, you know, yeah, it's just like what you both have figured out. You have to be creative with it too, because nobody even knows what, what the rest is going to look like for either of those professions. Cause they're just, they have to change right now immediately. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think stuff like this, like you guys are both setting yourself up with like what you should be doing. This is genius. So. Oh. Thank you. Yeah, thank you have my vote of confidence. Well, thank you. And thank you so, so much for joining us today. You've been such a lovely guest. Oh, thank you for having me. And um, I'll keep you guys posted on what's next. I have no idea what's next for me. I'm still figuring it out. But, you know, if keep it can be of help to you, I'll, I'll let you know. Well, thank you so much, Tori. You're welcome. I'll see you guys later. Okay, bye. So thank you so, so much to Tori for joining us. If you want to follow her on Twitter, it's at Tori Majors. So, in the world of sports, <laughs> didn't plan that. <laughs> wow, that was amazing. Um, I feel like Jordan kicking up. I wish we played that. Like I wish we did, but we really we did. We did. 
we haven't been together in so long. It's just one brain cell. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, up to you, Jordan. All right. So, uh, crazy week in sports, as per usual, because, you know, sports are back, so that is bound to happen. Um, let's start with baseball. I'm wearing a Yankee shirt, but I'm going to talk about the Jays. <laughs> Oh, do you see without my eyes? Um, yeah, so the Jays, they hit 500 winning percentage yesterday. Was it yesterday, the other night? I don't know what day it is. I thought it was Thursday today. So I, I'm not quite I sure. It was Tuesday. Was to it be Tuesday? Honest. So yesterday. So two no, days from last I thought today was Tuesday, is what I'm saying. Like, I also know, oh. don't know what day it is. Well, they hit it. They did it. <laughs> so now they're third um, games away. I totally forget. 4.5, I think. 4.5 games behind, I believe they are. So it's the Rays, Yankees, us, Baltimore, Red Sox. So we love to see it. You love to see it. Um, yeah, you know, the injury thing, like, I'm very confused by it because honestly, I thought Travis Shaw was out. I know Bobachat's out. Nate Pearson, I'm pretty sure he's out. Um, Brain is, I thought Shoemaker was out. Was Shoemaker not out? There's a lot of people injured. Like, as a Yankees fan, half their team is on yeah the injured reserve like i'm trying to keep up but then game comes on tonight roster comes out tonight um and then shaw is at third base uh grichuk is playing when he was just dh'd last night i believe it was now god guys the days are not they're going slow going fast we don't know what it's groundhog day baby but yeah that's that um so i'm gonna skip on over to the headbutting (laughs) uh cole calhoun um so now, okay, so that was Tuesday night. We're still yes. figuring this out. Basically, game against the Rockies. It's the fifth inning, and ball goes left field, drops left field, kind of weird plop into, like, midfield. And <clears throat> they throw the ball to first. The ball goes past first. Uh, and then Murphy there, Murphy, the catcher for the Rockies, he had the ball. He, he was right there covering first base. And I guess Kaloon, he ends up in, like, a rundown. Didn't realize, oh, crap. Like, he's right here. He's going to throw me out that second. Sees the ball coming. And I guess the logic after you hear it is actually, it kind of makes sense. Well, yeah. It, he, in his head, I guess it was like if it was thrown in his head and then he was like, oh, no. Well, like, he said, so, I don't know what would condone you to head but a ball, but he said, if I just ducked down, he could have just had me out at second. Yeah. Like, why would I just let the throw go there? So he just, yeah, a little, like, yeah, the thing is, wouldn't that be obstruction? But that's the thing. That's what it was. Yeah, the play was called out anyways yeah. because it was intentional interference. But the thing is, if you look at a certain angle, it kind of looks like it was just kind of like thrown in his head, and he yeah. kind and he kind of just was like, oh, which like would have been like, oh yeah, but like you literally can't just like that's like somebody like imagine they just like grabbed the ball and they were like, not today, like, like you know. <laughs> well, like you see, like like you said, I was trying to show my mom earlier today, and it doesn't look like he had butts. She's like, no, like, I think it actually hit him, and then you see like. The right field camera he's like literally he's like Bonk. so yeah he that was funny that was a good to hoodle that was and then next we got the whole please act drama it's still unfolding um i don't need to fill anyone in on that i don't think because literally i think that's the most popular thing going on in baseball still right now yeah um so yeah indians tell him they option so well back back forward what am I saying track that <laughs> we rhyme anyways sorry not happening up here today uh, or any other day but they optioned Clevenger and Plezak after the whole incident 
Uh, so they were training away from the team and then they called back uh, or they were calling back. So today's Wednesday. Let's all get that down. Yes. <laughs> called back Clevenger today being like, all right, you're back in the rotation. And then the team then comes out saying uh, that they told Plezak that they have no opportunities for him at the major league level. And people were mad about it. Um, I, like the team, they weren't going to openly be like, I think it's his video was the cherry on top. If yeah. he didn't make that video, he would still have a job. <laughs> it is Basically, what it is. like, obviously Clevenger is a better pitcher, so he was going to get it, like that spot back. Anyways, But yeah. then, oh, what's, what's the new guy's name? I'm totally, McKenzie, Tristan McKenzie. He had a great debut, I guess, when they were gone. Uh, so they want to keep him now in the rotation. So unless a rotation spot opens up, like, please act is out. Yeah. So kind of sucks to suck, but I think, like, if you didn't put that video out there, the team, like, and the team's not openly going to be, like, we're not giving him that spot because he posted a video. They're not going to say that. No. There's a whole PR team behind it. Absolutely. They have to be professional at some extent, so. Yeah, no, it is what it is. Like, you literally put the nail in your own coffin. Like, if you would have just kind of. And I just can't believe you filmed that while driving a car without a seatbelt. <laughs> There's a lot to process here, but. I love being mayor of Boo Boo the Fool, <laughs> He reminds me so much of, uh, I think, I think someone told me this. I could be totally wrong. I think someone said it, that he reminds them of Tom Hanks' son. <laughs> So I don't even what's his name? I don't even know. I don't even know. That you guys know them. You so, know. If you know, you know. Basically that's going on. Um and then Shane Bieber has the best record. Um he's six and oh right now. ERA is very low, one point thirty-five and then wow. 80, 81 whip. So he's the best right now. So clearly there's no spot for please act on that rotation when you have Shane Bieber literally keeping his eye out for Selena out there. So <laughs> truly though, like the thing is, it just so happens that there doesn't have a need for him. There doesn't. That didn't make sense. There isn't a need for him in the rotation because of what he did. But it's also like, who, who are you going to get rid of for him? Like, nobody. No one. Not here. Not here. Not today. Not me. But, uh, yeah, so that's baseball for you. Uh, hockey next. Sound good? Yeah. So, um without naming names or you know whatever somebody tweeted about saying something in toronto and said they got sucker punched and um i'll throw you in so (laughs) (laughs) i don't mind so yeah logan couture says he's in toronto so background backtrack all that stuff he's from the toronto area ish guelph london so outside so and he's not in the bubble because he's with san jose they they did did not not make make it it. So find something else, find another cause. Literally go anywhere Be mad about something else. But, um, yeah, he says he got sucker punched in Toronto for stating that he would vote Republican. uh, And then he said that he used Donald Trump's name and then he got sucker punched. Okay, first of all, you can't vote Republican in this country. So I don't know, like, what... what He's not a U.S. citizen. Literally. He can't vote in the States, even though he does play for San Jose. Like, the thing is, I know, obviously, citizenship is a whole thing. I'm aware. I'm the child of an American. (laughs) But even if I were to move to the United States tomorrow, I'm not legally eligible to vote there. So no matter my political opinions, they don't matter. So why you're saying them in Toronto, Ontario, first of all, like, okay, maybe if you're saying they wrote, like, Justin Trudeau, sure go off, whatever, you know, Stephen Harper, I don't, I don't care, whatever party you are, but A, it's not necessary, B, you're not in the bubble, find a hobby, C, just like, also, it's such like an attention-seeking thing, you know, 
It's like, it reminds me of the TikToks that are like, oh my God, my brother just got punched in the face because he wore a mega hat. And I'd do it again. <laughs> like, it's like, obviously don't go punch people in the of face. Course, so, of like, course. Of course. We're not like, condoning violence. My big thing is just don't talk about politics maybe out with, in public with people you don't know. Like, yeah, especially like American politics are so touchy. It's Canada. Like, yes, we have a lot to do with America and, you know, we're literally attached and like their economy affects ours, but like it doesn't really affect our country. Like, you know, laws are not going to be passed by Donald Trump in Canada. So shut your mouth. Yeah. And then, um, him saying he's not going to be working with specific broadcast companies because a person from that company liked the tweet. That's just a little, like, I understand, like, I, if someone, I was telling you this earlier, yeah. if someone likes a tweet that's putting me down, it's happened. I've, I'm following the person. Yeah. But, like, I'm not going to be, like, not going to go cry the blues about it. Like, it's whatever. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it didn't need to happen, the situation. It, it really, just really didn't. didn't. It got um, out of hand. Hockey Twitter was in a loop last <laughs> night, and I was trying to keep up with it at, like, two in the morning. I could not sleep, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to see what's unfolding. Yeah, hockey Twitter was a, well, it was a mess. It didn't stop there because then Jonathan Mars Assault. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the assault thing's in my head right now with Soccer Punch. But anyways, he on Instagram was ruthless. Um, you know, Vegan. Vegas <laughs> Golden Knights playing. Um, people were commenting, like, stop diving all that shenanigans on his photo. I think, I believe it was a family photo. So maybe don't comment on a, yeah, of a course. person's playing abilities on photos with their family. Don't do that. Um, but regardless, people did. And um, I actually have some of them written down here word for word. Um, so someone said, you're an Olympic diver kind of thing. He said, shut up, little dick. Suck on mommy titties. Stop, watch- stop wasting my time. Okay. Next one. Can you stop diving? Skate properly. Stop wasting my time. And then he called someone's dog ugly. <laughs> I draw lines. Line. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. If anyone ever said anything about Whistler. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Uh, so yeah, that's happening. And um, yeah, that's it's just, just, here's my take. And this is to do with a lot of situations that happen, not only on hockey Twitter, on every Twitter if your name is in the public eye, like, you're gonna get hate. Like, it's unfortunate. It shouldn't be a thing, but it is. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's part of, it comes with the territory. And I get that sometimes it must be so hard to ignore it. Like, I literally will read comments on my articles and people are like, nobody cares about women's basketball. And I'm like, I will literally find out where you live and egg your house. Like, it's really not that serious and it gets to you. I yeah. totally get it. But in the same breath, it's like, just play your game. People are going to hate you. You literally could have the game of the century and somebody's going to be like, yo, you're dog shit. Like, you know what it is? Like, it's dookie. literally, it's just part of the territory for him to literally be like attacking people and like their looks and stuff. That's, that's another one too. Like attacking people's looks is like, we can't change that. Again, pick a cause. Literally pick a cause. You look like a clown. Yeah. Um, but then one more thing with hockey uh, the Coyotes were, they weren't fined, but they were penalized. They lost their second round pick this year, the 2020 draft, and then lost their first over, or not first overall, sorry. First round, yeah, <laughs> they it's wish. out of the bag. It's out of the bag. I am Gary Batman. I rigged it. No. Um, they lost their first round pick in 2021 because of, I guess, investigated. The CHL put in a complaint about, like, not like testing player like rookies prospects kind of all that stuff 
it, my, my brain's in a fam, a fumble, a fumble, help, send help, <laughs> literally like send help. Like literally send help SOS. What was like illegally testing players? What do you mean by that? So I had not. I, the, the, so I believe they were testing players like before like the draft and stuff like that. Oh, and, like, okay. To see on like, their own accord instead of like at like a rookie camp or something like yeah. that. Yeah. This is the first I'm hearing of this. I also too, my brain is. But um, we will we will confirm because my brain is yeah no it's just it's been a rough like I forgot six weeks for us I forgot that this situation even happened it was in January so okay maybe I do remember hearing about this then yeah 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 but totally forgot they're just about getting it fined today. now not fined but penalized yeah fine <laughs> um wow but I, damn uh, that's crazy I think uh, yeah because Gary Bettman said like I think. I believe he said we would find them, but, like, just given the situation, we feel like this is more of a suitable... Well, yeah, like, it's it's true, because hockey teams have, like, literal hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, like, the Coyotes, aren't they still being piggybacked off the NHL? Are they? That, I'm pretty sure the Coyotes market's still being piggybacked. Regardless, even if so, they So, like, are, that money isn't... Exactly. If you're gonna say, oh, we're gonna find you $100,000, that's nothing to them. Yeah. Whereas, like, taking away draft picks when the Coyotes are gonna do absolutely nothing with who they have for the foreseeable future it actually matters yeah. especially like a first round pick like think well, well they were already screwed uh was it for this year's draft because so because of the taylor hall trade uh new jersey has their first pick i believe is or what's that cut new jersey has the first round pick in 2020 so you hate to see it um, this is what happens when you don't post content of Phil Kessel during his stay in the bubble. That's it. It is what it is. But, anyway. Yeah. Anyways, so, today's August 26th. August 23rd is what would have been Kobe Bryant's, tw- four, I almost said 23rd birthday. <laughs> Little girly. <laughs> it's Jordan here. <laughs> his 42nd birthday, and then obviously, August 24th, 824 is kobe day Mm -hmm. so there was tributes like across the league to him actually on what would have been his birthday diana tarasi wore a custom phoenix mercury like eight bryant jersey she usually wears number three i'm sure you've all seen a picture of uh dame lillard wearing his goat shirt we love that we love seeing men's sport women's sports but anyways she dropped 34 points like season high amazing the one that really got to me was yesterday um the lakers and the portland trails trailblazers that's not even like me being tired just can't speak played (laughs) and the score at one point was 24 to 8 24 for the lakers 8 for the blazers so that's cute it's like you know everyone's always like you know kobe's with them whatever it's very cute um so yeah there's other players who like everyone was wearing their kobe jerseys before the game Mm -hmm. and like on their shoes and stuff like shoot for Kobe, all that stuff. It was very nice to see. The Lakers, they had on their black Mamba jerseys, and then they had the number two heart for Gianna, which is so sweet. It just still doesn't even feel real that, like, Kobe Bryant's gone. No, like, I feel like I'm still talking about him, and he's just still... Yeah, like, he's just still there. And it's weird, too. I think it makes it weirder that he retired before this happened. Yeah. Like, because if he was still playing, maybe it would hit more, like, you know, the Lakers. Like, we haven't seen him in a Lakers uniform for, like, two years. He retired in 2016. So, two years. Four years... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what year it is now. Um, you know, you haven't seen him in Lakers uniform for like four years, so it's just bizarre. Um, but yeah, it was really cute to see all the tributes for him. But other basketball news. So um, there was a shooting, um, a police shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And so um, 
if you want to look up the details, you can. Basically, somebody was shot at point blank range seven times in the back, which is not necessary at all by police. Um, so the Milwaukee Bucks said, we're not playing. And they boycotted game five of their series today. And I think also the um, Trailblazers and Lakers also postponed their game and said they're not playing, which is um, ironically hilarious in the sense that they were told to shut up and dribble. And now they're saying we're literally not doing that ever. So power to the players. You love to see it. They have the power, like literally every job in sports relies on those players. So I think you did that. Yeah. Also, the Brewers also, Milwaukee Brewers, they also postponed their game as well. They said, we're not playing. Um, so it's really good to see these players taking a stand. And, you know, especially the NBA, the WNBA has probably the loudest voice, but the NBA also, you know, they have Black Lives Matter on their court. They wear the shirts all the time. But they're literally saying, like, no, we're not just going to be wear a T-shirt anymore. Like, this is enough is enough. We're literally not playing sports. You know what? It's bigger than sports. Yeah. And if you're still making comments, so just play, like... Oh, my God. Again, pick a cause. How many Literally. times? Put the pick a cause counter up here, because find it. Look it up. Pick find a cause. One. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous that it's continuously happening. Like, George Floyd protests are literally still happening in Portland, and this happens. It's disgusting, but it's really good to see these players taking a stand. You know, you saw what happened to Colin Kaepernick, and literally he's out of a job, even though he could probably be maybe not a starting quarterback in the NFL, but definitely an NFL caliber quarterback um so it's good to see people now really banding together and saying like as a team like we're not playing because mm-hmm. it's like an f you to the owners and stuff like that like you're not making any money off me i'm not playing if you're not going to respect who i am as a person yeah so yeah um that's that in women's sports news which i am so excited about the uh uefa women's champions league is being broadcast on tv like i think on like cbs or something like that amazing because it's literally never even shown like on cable period like never and it was funny because there was a tweet i was saying to jordan she saw it but there's a tweet so there's an account called men and blazers and i love them they cover soccer content i have their book like they're great but they they tweet with the nwsl a lot but um fossil is usually something that they don't really talk about or like obviously any of the other women's leagues but so they tweeted like a picture i think it's of neymar crying and it's like, oh, no football today. And somebody was like, the UEFA champion or Women's Champions League semifinals on. There you go. Hope this helps. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, it's just, like, so funny that people um, pick a cause. Like, you know, they'll support women's sports when it's convenient. You know, like, the NWSL came out and, like, was, like, one of the, the first league to come back. And they were all kneeling. And it's like, yeah, that's great. And then other women's soccer's on TV. And it's like, okay, well, if Champions League's back, like, I don't care to watch women's sports. Like, you know, men's sports are on TV. But, um, you good? <laughs> this little dog. Oh, it's okay. I thought it was like a fly on the wall. I was like, <laughs> but yeah, um, Women's Champions League final is going to be broadcast, which is amazing and huge because, like, that never happens. Meanwhile, like, Champions League is probably one of the most watched sporting events in the world just because soccer obviously is so popular. And, um, same thing. So, what was I going to say? Soccer, football? Soccer. What did I have? written though oh my goodness i'm literally losing my mind uh alfonso davies yes oh my god thank you oh my god she's a queen big she's, brain is my elbow she's an absolute queen my brain is my elbow said neat person <laughs> <laughs> so yes alfonso davies became the first canadian male let's put that stat in there the first put can- the stat on it mate <laughs> the first canadian male 
to win Champions League with Bayern Munich, which is amazing for him. Um, I can't remember her name right now because, again, my name, my brain is mush, but there's a Canadian woman who's done it not once, not twice, but three times. So let's put some respect on her name, but I literally can't remember. I know it starts with a K. Christine Sinclair. <laughs> Christine Sinclair, I wish. No, she's never played um, internationally, which I always wish that, like, MLS and NWSL could play in those leagues. I would love to see how they perform. Wait, Christine Sinclair never played internationally? No, no, no. For, like... Um, like, for example, like, Arsenal Ladies or something like that. Mm, She's yeah. always played in, like, a version of NWSL. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah. So, that's amazing for him. There's a TikTok of him. It's, like, apparently the last picture in your camera roll, what's supposed to make you happy is literally the picture of him with the Champions League for trophy. Also, speaking of Champions League, I didn't have this written down, but I know this one because it came out today. So, um, Leo Messi, who's played for Barcelona for literally, like, ever, um, he's leaving. Because Barcelona did not win Champions League and he was just like not having it. They literally got blown out in the semis by uh, <laughs> by Bayern Munich, eight to two. Well. So <laughs> I know, I know you don't. Uh, you're the baseball girl. We're no, I was saying that because of Messi. I'm not saying oh, oh, I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, he literally said, um, "Then leave. Peace out." Hey, I love TikTok. <laughs> Peace out. Eight town out. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he's leaving, and he's apparently signing with Manchester City, which is insane. They already have Kev De Bruyne, so like, I don't know who else y'all need to like kick the rest of Premier League. Them versus Liverpool is going to be a great matchup. Somebody else said get Ronaldo back to Manchester United, and the Manchester Derby will be like the best game. Literally, <laughs> why did I do that? <laughs> um, literally, like the most watchable game. Like, think El Clasico, but like. Premier League, which Premier League, I'm biased, but, like, literally, it's, like, the best thing. So, like, imagine that. As an Arsenal fan, I'm sad because, like, they already have nothing to live for. Don't add, like, the best player in the world into that league. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, that'll be interesting. It's not finalized or anything. It's rumors, and you know sports, you know? A lot of rumors are not true. <laughs> but, yeah, that would be crazy if he went to go play for Manchester City because literally nobody would beat them ever. Honestly, like, all I know about Man City is that Max George from the Wanted absolutely <laughs> <laughs> I will politely Man pass City. away now. Oh, my God, that's, like, Lyle Horn and Derby FC. <laughs> Derby. When I wanted to buy a Derby jersey just for Lyle Horn. Why do we always go off topic about something so stupid? Because it's true. Literally... Okay, like Wolverhampton Wolves, Liam Payne, his career has gone off the rails, but still I wanted a Wolverhampton jersey. Oh god, wait, isn't this kid's name Wolf? Oh no, it's Bear. Bear. <laughs> Close oh enough. god. See, we know that it's time to end the episode when we do this. Like, when we start talking about something completely off the rails. Absolutely. But, but it's funny though, because like, a good majority of my life was spent following boy bands and then no, the other majority is. is sports so like you're truly. gonna get both here like you didn't know that this is ball girls featuring one direction like truly we said that somebody literally said they would not follow me on twitter and because i had one direction in my bio at one point i was like okay you're lost oh my god i got dragged in grade nine because i was absolutely <laughs> like i was telling you this yeah how i put so for the uh what was it the the brit awards like 2011 <laughs> or 2010 uh, One Direction was nominated Best New Group or Artist, something yeah. like that. And I made posters on Microsoft Word and printed out 300 copies and read around my high school and put it everywhere, taped it to the walls, vote for the boys. What? Yeah, it was bad. I mean, I just literally, like, went, skipped school and went to Much Music the day 
Well, the day after my grandmother died, I went to One Direction concert, and then two days after, I skipped school and (laughs) went to Much Music to stand in the cold for 12 hours to see the top of Harry Styles' head. Um, We were actually there together. Like, funny how life works. We were there together, but we were both there. Um, I remember showing up to that line, and I was like, it was 7 a.m. Literally, it was 7 a.m., and there was literally already a thousand girls there. I I remember I yelled one thing. Oh, so, okay. Two things, actually. So, I yelled one thing. But, so, Lauren Toyota, she was the host, right? Yes. Um, literally a vivid memory of just Lauren Toyota throughout, like, three or four years vividly in my brain <laughs> because of how many times I went to much music. But um, my friend Asia, my One Direction days, her bio was 1D8 my carrots because, you know, the whole carrot joke, whatever. Yeah. But Lauren Toyota read the, uh, the one as an I. She just, so, she said, like, I'd eat my carrots. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've died at that. But I yelled... Larry Stylinson and Harry turned around and giggled and this is before everyone literally hated the whole Larry Stylinson thing yeah but I yelled it at the ripe age of like 13 or 14 yeah and Harry looked back he didn't see me he just looked back and smiled and that's what I'm taking to my grave (laughs) literally me touching Harry Styles hands twice it meant so much to me truly though like if you didn't like One Direction you really don't have a personality so kind of sad like the facts are here, mate. The facts are here, mate. Liking One Direction gave you a personality. That's all my fault. I'm sorry about it. Take a, have a little faith in me. It's all I need, yeah. Charms. <laughs> the new one, it's M to the B, M to the B, M to the B, 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 B. Okay, <laughs> that's enough. All right. Thank y'all for tuning in, as always, and we'll see you next week.